Welcome to None Dare Call It Ordinary, the podcast that digs into the unusual, unorthodox, and downright unsettling beliefs found at the depths of the internet and the heights of paranoia. I'm your host, Dylan, and with me is the angelic Brent. Ah, yes, Brent, he uh, he is with the angels. That's why we had to take a month off. I am not with us anymore. Oh, no, that's in this realm. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) I was going to actually say we hear a lot about demonic hauntings. We never Mm. hear about angelic hauntings. That's as far as I know. Yeah, Yeah. it seems like they're in the same realm. Yeah, we need to pioneer the angelic haunting. We need to balance with the spiritual uh, entities. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. So we're back. Uh, So excited to be back doing the podcast. And as we said last time, we're going to be scaling back to a a fortnightly schedule as opposed to a weekly schedule. Fortnightly is like the only word because it's not I, you always want to say like biweekly, which is wrong. Yeah. And bimonthly is also wrong. Yeah. It and is. You, so you could say twice a month, but maybe not necessarily every two weeks, two yeah, weekly. Two weeks. Two weekly. <laughs> We're going to a two weekly <laughs> schedule. Our bonus series for our patrons, our five dollar month patrons, however, still once a week. So if you need weekly, none dare call it ordinary content. Just $5 a month at patreon.com slash none dare call it ordinary. And our next bonus episode, which will be coming out Friday. That's our new official bonus day of the week. Once again, diving into the weird wild world of Frank Dukes in his autobiography, The Secret Man. So we're really excited about that. And we're excited we have a new patron. Actually, Toby uh, has become a patron. We're very excited about them. And... Last announcement before we get the episode started, we have a live stream coming up August 8th. That's Saturday, August 8th, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. A little bit, scaling a little back a little bit. It's going to be a bit longer. We're thinking, you know, a few hours because what we're going to be doing is discussing the movies Thief in the Night and A Distant Thunder back to back. These were movies made in the 70s about the rapture that Brent was forced to watch as a young man and he decided to force us to watch it you know, back in the day, back in our yeah. day. And so we are going to present those and uh, offer our commentary yeah. on these two uh, videos. One change that has been made though, and this is important, is that we were going to do it on Twitch, but we're not able to So we're doing it directly on Discord. So all you have to do is go to nondarecallitordinary.com. There will be a link. If you're not already a member of our Discord channel, you can just sign up and there will be a one of the uh, channels available will be for the live stream. So we're actually doing the live stream in Discord itself, not YouTube, not Twitch. We're just not able to do what we want to do on those platforms. Later on, when we are not doing live commentary of bad 70s rapture (laughs) movies, we'll probably return to Twitch or YouTube. Until then, we're going to be on Discord. And again, that's Saturday, August 8th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Hope to see you there on Discord. All right. So what are we talking about today, Dylan? What we're talking about today is Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow and their association with what has been called in the media the preparing a people cult. 
Now, they've been involved in a crime, which, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit, but we want to focus on the beliefs that these folks had. And Brent is going to start by talking about preparing a people. So what's up with preparing a people, Brent? Well, according to the website, its mission is to, quote, prepare the people of this earth for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah, the people. That's right. Even though they say it's a people, the people, it's the exactly. people. On the website, they explain that preparing a people is a, quote, series of lecture events focusing on self-reliance and personal preparation. Yeah, I guess I, I think lecture, it didn't have the gravitas necessary. So I'm glad they went with lecture events. Yes. Got to have both words in there. I, I, I personally prefer event lectures, which is like lectures about hosting events. It's oh, more. Um, yeah. So I, I think uh, internally when they're teaching new people how to hold lecture events, their event lecture lecture events. Yeah, I, I'm not I sure. So. I, I can't. You know, it's it gets real confusing real fast. So on the website, a statement reads, quote, it is not a group. It is not a cult or something people join, but has educational lecture events that can be attended or watched on video. This is the opposite move of PragerU, who we've also <laughs> yeah. covered uh, in the past, which they call themselves a university. They're very clear about that, even though all they do is put out these educational lecture events. Uh, so the kind of the opposite move. I'm also glad they are letting us know that they are not a group. Yeah, so it's, we don't want that. Yeah, not even a cult. Yeah, they're not even a group. Yeah, they, not there's even no a way we could be a cult. We don't even exist, really. Yeah, very, um, very good, though, for this time, you know, when we're not supposed to be gathering in groups. So good for them. OK, so Color My Media is the umbrella organization associated with preparing a people. But as of recently, have tried to distance themselves from the couple associated with preparing a people, Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow, despite the couple calling their movement. Preparing a people. Yeah, this is this is where the branding gets very confusing. So, yeah. you know, this gives us we can clear up some of this, which has honestly been kind of muddled in news reports about this. So preparing a people is basically, let's be honest, it's a podcast network. That's that's what it is. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know they're they're calling them educational lecture events for the most part. They're a podcast network and they do put on some kind of events. And then Color My Media is the umbrella organization, as you put it. And Vallow and Daybell, they were featured on a number of episodes of different podcasts on the Preparing a People Network, um, including the podcast called Time to Warrior Up, which is, mm. is really great. And as we're going to learn later, Daybell did organize a few events, but it would be wrong to... It's not like it's Daybell and Vallow's organization. Right. They're a part of it. They definitely were on the podcasts. Daybell definitely helped organize events, but it's they're not synonymous. Yeah. Basically. Think like um, Barstool Sports, but with, I guess, Colts, Colts stuff. <laughs> no, um, actually, I, I'm actually just really kind of I'm not going to lie, Dylan. Like, I'm kind of pissed that Preparing People has their own network, but none are called Ordinary doesn't. Mm, I mean, yeah, I really want to start that uh, all all Pope Michael all the time podcast. That would be yeah. It, it's Something it's going to happen. We're in talks with Pope Michael mm -hmm. um, and the podcast will be called all Pope Michael all the time. That's kind of our, <laughs> you know, that's our we yeah, we won't budge from that. Color My Media had this to say about Vallow and Daybell, quote, we also do not share any of Chad Daybell's or Lori Vallow's beliefs if they are contrary to Christian principles of honesty, integrity and truth. 
or if they do not align with the doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I, I'm not sure if that quote is the from the same source, but uh, I got a quote there in a different article. Mm-hmm. Nancy James, who is the executive account manager for Color My Media, she was interviewed by CBS 5 Investigates, and she said something kind of similar here. Quote, Life is sacred to us. We are innocent of any involvement in Chad or Lori's personal lives and never knew Lori or any family members. Our relationship was mostly business, both owning our own separate businesses. We have wondered if Chad Lori used us for their media purposes without us knowing what was going on behind the scenes. It does feel like a big betrayal and probably to anyone who attended our events. They also stated that preparing people no longer holds events. Oh, man. There's that. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's sad. Does this include the educational lecture events? I'm uh, afraid it does. Yeah, I'm assuming all events would include the educational lecture events. Yeah, the educational lecture events, the podcast events, the YouTube events. (laughs) So many events are just going down the drain here. All right, so... While preparing a people is, again, not synonymous with Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell, it's definitely part of a kind of fringe Latter-day Saints ecosystem that they were all tied into. And there's a great article by East Idaho News that really gets deeper into these radical LDS groups that kind of spawned Daybell and Vallow. And it does this at first via the testimony of a woman who is simply called Jessica. That's her pseudonym. Mm. And it's Jessica speaking about her unnamed boss who was an associate of Chad Daybell's. And East Idaho News, they do not name this man. He just goes unnamed. It's Jessica and just this guy. And so I reserve the right to give him a new name. Ah, So for the purpose of this podcast, for the aesthetics of this presentation, I'm going to call him Dingus. Well, it's too bad chicken was taken. We could have used that. Yeah. Chicken was taken. Can't call him chicken. Going to call him dingus. So let's hear Jessica's story. Jessica moved to Idaho in 2015 with her husband. She met dingus at her LDS church who said he was, quote, spiritually prompted to offer her a job. Jessica quickly learned that dingus's religious views were not what you would call mainstream LDS views. Dingus claimed to see and cast out evil spirits. Jessica herself experienced this when dingus cast out the spirits causing her celiac, blood sugar, and thyroid issues to the point where she no longer needed medication or at least no longer took it. So, okay, I assume spirits causing celiac and thyroid issues are demons. Mm. So, I mean, like you brought this up earlier, Dylan, do angels then maybe control health metabolism and like healthy bowel movements and stuff like that? Yeah, that's a good point. It's I've always assumed that kind of the body handles this stuff and then the demons screw it up. Yeah. But maybe it's angels. Who are making it work, and then the demons have to fight right. the angels. The Maybe real spiritual warfare is within you. You're inside your actual body. Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. And I mean, you know, based on what happens if I eat too much pizza, that is definitely <laughs> spiritual warfare. But this power that Dingus had, it took a turn that I myself have never heard of. I don't know if you have, Brent, because Dingus could cast out spirits affecting electronics. Wow. Quote, no. Once when the business was having computer problems, he invoked his spiritual power to repair a broken computer server. Other times, if there was a bad internet connection, he might blame it on some sort of spiritual interference. 
Okay, okay. So that was my problem in our last live stream. Spiritual mm, yep. interference was causing my live feed to freeze. Yeah, I mean, definitely. That, that must have been it. There's definitely some kind of demonic interference happening at YouTube. I was so, going to call. I think. Yeah, I was going to call my cable company, but I think I might just call the priest, which is like there's a close Catholic church to us. I think I might just call them instead. That's right. See if they can't bless the YouTube servers from afar. Right. I don't know how long okay. distance that gets. I'll make that on my to-do list for Monday. So eventually, Dingus introduced Jessica to his book publisher and preparing a people conference coordinator, Chad Daybell. Besides curing the evil spirits in your router, this crew was also very interested in preparing for the end times, you know, thus the name, including the eventual construction of, quote, tent cities. And this is apparently a common thing in the fringe LDS belief system. This LDS prophet is apparently going to call out the faithful who have, I don't know, gathered enough slop buckets to build tent cities near the Rocky Mountains somewhere. You know, even in something as spiritually beautiful as tent cities, there you know there's going to be a divide with low-income tenting mm. and affluent glamping camping oh, pods. Yeah. It's just going to be. Yeah, it's going to be Burning be Man all over again. It's, uh, you know, it's like, you know what they never talk about <laughs> when they talk about New Jerusalem, the big old cube city? Mm-mm. The slums, you yeah. know, there's slums I know. in New Jerusalem. Right. Let's let's be honest. That's just how it works. Gentrification yeah, probably, instead of like gold, instead of like gold walls, it's like gold plated walls. It's, oh, yeah. You can just scratch like, it off. Yeah, they're not fooling yeah. anybody. Scratch it off. It's just bullshit. Now, thankfully, Jessica was able to get away from these assholes and learn that Dingus had not, in fact, cured her celiac disease and shows she's been able to get proper medical treatment for her condition. So we're grateful for that. Another woman that East Idaho News talks about is Amber. Again, this is another pseudonym. Amber had a husband who got deep into these fringe LDS beliefs. Do we get his name? Or can we, uh, we did not get else? his name. I did. You know what? <laughs> He's not as bad uh, okay. as Dingus. So I didn't give him a, a fun nickname. Just That's, Amber's husband. That makes We're just going to call him that. One of these weird beliefs that Amber's husband got really into is multiple mortal probations. The mainstream LDS church teaches that life is a test or probation to see if members can live without being an asshole, basically, you know, live according to the rules of the church and all that kind of stuff. But according to Daybell and his weird friends, people can be reincarnated and multiple rebirths means multiple probations. What is that old saying? No probation without reincarnation, I think. Yeah, I think that is exactly the phrase that Patrick Henry uh, shouted uh, in the Revolutionary War. Yes. Now, this is unorthodox for sure, but so far, not that big of a deal. This isn't the worst thing in the world to believe. But what gets a little dicier is the further belief that you might be, quote, destined to marry somebody, even if they are, say, already married. Amber herself experienced this belief firsthand when her husband brought a different woman to the LDS temple to receive revelations from God. And this is usually something you could only do with your your wife or husband is go to the LDS temple. But he's doing it with somebody else because they're like spirit married in a past life, like spiritual twin flames or something. Yes, exactly. It's like if you have a twin, your twin flame (laughs) now would be a twin flame you had in a past life. Okay. Through interviews with other members of this community, East Idaho News was able to get a more complete picture of this practice. Quote, in interviews with other former members of these groups, some said things went beyond just temple trips. One East Idaho man who asked not to be identified for some reason told EastIdahoNews.com that during his time in a group, he was approached by someone who claimed to have received personal revelation 
that he was supposed to marry the man's wife. Oh my God, such drama. Why isn't this a reality show? Where's the Learning Channel? <laughs> this is, yeah, this is, this, this is what I want to see. This is uh, <laughs> awkward. But now we've talked a little bit about some of the background beliefs, but let's get into Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow themselves. What did they believe? And Brent has a little bit more to say about that. That's right. So who are Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow? Well, Chad Daybell is a 51-year-old author. That's right. He's an author. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Oh, yes, who has we will. Oh, we certainly will. Who has self-published more than 25 doomsday books for Mormon readers. They are in the religious apocalyptic genre, maybe like, say, books like Left Behind. According to Insider article, these books, quote, include fantasies of a dystopian world wrought by bioterrorism, attacks and catastrophic natural disasters. And one thing I, I want to say about this description is that I think catastrophic natural disasters are technically also cases of bioterrorism, you know, because you know, bioterrorism caused by the big man himself. Oh, if you really think about true. it, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God was sense. the first bioterrorist. Daybell has spoken at events for preparing a people and on the organization's podcast. And the one thing also to clear up here is that preparing a people is a podcast network, but there is also in that network, a preparing a people podcast. So that's very confusing <laughs> right off the top. Yeah. Uh, but just want to just want to clarify that he's been on preparing a people network podcasts and yeah. on the preparing a people podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> let's keep this all very clear. On one particular podcast episode that unfortunately is no longer online, Chad talks about, actually maybe fortunately, it's no longer online, Chad talks about two near-death experiences and his, quote, visionary gift. Chad claims that this visionary gift led him to foresee the death of his first wife, Tammy. Julie Rowe, Daybell's friend, told Fox 13 News that, quote, he was emotionally distraught, he was crying, and he said that his angels had told him that he was going to lose Tammy. Also, you know, I think Brent and I sometimes we get into the weeds. We forget that not everyone is intimately familiar with mm -hmm. the language of mm -hmm. some of the groups we cover. So to clear up any of that confusion, uh, his angels is a technical term and it means his to do list. That's what told him <laughs> in case anyone didn't catch that. Also, I thought we only got one guardian angel per Christian. Why does this motherfucker get multiple angels? Like, what kind of bullshit yeah, is this? That, that is kind of rough. Myriad I mean, of angels think, helping him. I mean, I think, again, if you if you assume that angels are responsible for the correct working of your gastrointestinal system. Oh, true. I think That's that true. goes yeah. along with having multiple angels. Another one of Chad's superpowers is that he can allegedly reveal people's past lives and say whether that individual was good or, quote, dark. He was also able to pick out people who were part of the 144,000 last day believers mentioned in the book of Revelation in the Bible. So I, I don't get that. Then. Why is he wasting his time talking to anyone else but the 144,000 last day believers? There's no reason <laughs> to talk to us if we're not going to be part of that crew. True. Oh, it didn't say in all fairness, I guess it didn't say he was going to pick out or pick out all of the 144,000. It's just uh, taking him okay. a really long time, I think. Okay, I get it. He's got to like reach out to them first and then he can figure out if they're one of them. Okay, that makes more sense. So Lori Vallow was deeply involved in what her relatives called a cult. Oh, it's always so. bad when the relatives call it a cult. <laughs> and this reminds me, there was a great uh, part of that CBS five investigates article yeah. um, where they were talking to a follower of Vallow and Daybell. Uh -huh. And she herself called it a cult, but CBS five investigates couldn't tell if she was being sarcastic <laughs> or not. 
Like, yeah, it's a cold. So, like, they weren't uh, sure if she was being sarcastic. So, <laughs> or just uh, the cult members themselves might be referring to it as a cult. Yeah. And so, I mean, who are you going to trust if, if you can't trust them? Yeah. So, though they didn't explicitly mention preparing a people as the like the cult, they blamed the failing marriage she had with her husband Charles on the cult. Charles' sister Kay Woodcock told the Salt Lake Tribune that quote he Charles was highly concerned about it her emotional state, her mental state, and the fact that she had made threats about him. In divorce paperwork filed by Charles Vallow, he claimed that Lori Vallow thought she was a god that was preparing for Christ's second coming in July 2020, saying specifically that she was, quote, receiving spiritual revelations and visions to help her gather and prepare those chosen to live in the New Jerusalem after the Great War, as prophesied in the book of Revelation. And it's here that we have to admit that we've been fibbing a little bit. Mm. The reason we took off July 2020 <laughs> was just in case Lori Vallow was right. That's that was true. the real reason we wanted to be prepared. Um, but in case you you did not get the memo, Christ yes. did not come back last month. Exactly. Also, uh, Charles says that Lori told him she didn't want anything to do with him or their son, JJ, because she, quote, had a more important mission to carry uh, out. Uh. Yes, we will soon find out what that more important mission is. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll leave it as an exercise to the listener if it's more important. Charles also stated that Lori told him she was a, quote, translated being who cannot taste death sent by God to lead the 144,000 into the millennium. Yeah, so this is, um, you know, this is kind of an LDS fringe group. And mm -hmm. so she's a translated being because she was originally written in what I believe is called Reformed Egyptian and then translated into English. <laughs> So we could all understand and Charles could understand what she was saying. Um, she also makes a statement that she refused to see a doctor because they would, quote, discover that she is a translated being. So oh. I guess this is something you can get like a blood test for. <laughs> I don't see how I don't know what the medical procedure is to diagnose being translated. They, they take your blood and then put it into Google Translate to get your results, I think. According to University of Chicago Divinity School article, Christopher James Blythe says, quote, Allegedly, Lori believes she is an immortal who in a previous life was married to the Book of Mormon prophet Moroni. So she the all American prophet, all American prophet. Very cool. Yeah. So I guess so she had previous lives. So I guess she wasn't immortal back then. I guess she just became immortal in her previous life. Yeah. So, yeah, she had a long, happy marriage with the angel Moroni, then died in her sleep at an old age. So that was nice. Moroni, though, went on to date, then marry other mortal humans. I mean, what else is he going to do, I guess? Yeah, that's fair. And then Lori was, yeah, then Lori was later reborn and eventually married to a guy named Chad. Oh. So that's that's how that went down, I think. I, I, I don't know. It's a guess. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that I mean, that sounds exactly correct. And I am not going to fact check that whatsoever. <laughs> um, one thing we should mention here is that CBS five investigates reached out to Maroon the LDS Knight? church oh. just to get a sense of, it, yeah, not directly. I mean, you know, kind of indirectly, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, what does Moroni I think? Let's see the, let's see the marriage certificate. Um, maybe the LDS church has it somewhere in their vaults, but so CBS five investigates, they uh, sent a message to the church and they got a response, uh, from media relations manager, Sam Penrod. And it was quite brief quote. I'm letting you know that we received your inquiry, but we don't have anything to offer on this. Thanks for checking. <laughs> 
Which means, you know, of course, right. that they are, they definitely do have the marriage certificate right. from past life Lori Vallow and Moroni. They're hiding it in their vault somewhere. We yes. want to see the birth certificate. That's I mean, right. marriage certificate, excuse me. Okay, so there's just one more thing we haven't talked about. Technically, we haven't talked about it yet, about Lori and um, her husband, Charles. He said his wife threatened to kill him oh. if he were to ever get in her way. So there's that. Around this time, she transferred about $35,000 into an unknown bank account. Oh, that's interesting. You know, what's funny is Annie Cushing, who is Vallow's dead ex-husband, Joseph Ryan's sister, recalled this conversation she had with Lori Vallow, quote, there was one time where we were talking about the end times, and she says, sometimes I think it would be better just to put my kids in a car and go off the side of a cliff. <sighs> That's sad, you know, but that's easy for her to say. She's immortal and her kids are not. Yeah, so exactly. She could be is... in the car. Right. Uh, that's, you know, that's the one problem when you're driving with an immortal. They could just, you know, they could rent a car and just total it and kill you at any time. And exactly. they're going to get away scot-free. So Charles Vallow died in July of 2019 by being shot by Lori Vallow's brother, Alex Cox. There's a weird coincidence about this. So clearly mm. this has nothing to do with Lori Vallow threatening to murder Charles Vallow. Right. Clearly not at all related. Right. But what's weird is that in the divorce papers, Lori Vallow was quoted by Charles as having a, quote, angel there to help her dispose oh. the body when she killed Charles. So it's weird, wow. even though these aren't connected at all. Yeah. It's weird that her brother was the one who killed Charles Vallow. <laughs> what a weird coincidence. Alex Cox was never charged of any crime, claiming that the reason he shot Charles was in self-defense. However... To make things even more ridiculous, Alex Cox died in December of 2019. And so. what's even weirder to me <laughs> is that apparently, according to the Maricopa County Medical Examiner, he died of natural causes, specifically blood clots in his lungs, which so that would be to me the most outlandish yes. part of this if he did actually die of natural causes. Lori Vallow moved to Rexburg, Idaho with her adopted special needs seven-year-old son, JJ, shortly after her husband, Charles' death. Here in Rexburg, Idaho, Vallow started spending more time with Daybell. Lori and Chad married shortly after. This was all just a few weeks after Chad's wife, Tammy, had died. There's that little gem. So had they all, had they never met before at all? Have they never met before at all before this? Were they aware of each other at all? How did they actually meet? Or know of each other. They were actually. Um, it's confusing. A couple of different articles I had to I was like, wait, what? So I had to go back and check. But I found this in a Fox 29 article. Quote, Lori met Chad Daybell in 2018 when he was teaching an evening class at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which she attended. The two reportedly became close immediately, traveling together to a religious conference in St. George, Utah, where Chad gave talks on his books. The two reportedly continued speaking daily from time to time from their first meeting. Okay, so I got yeah, you. So they, yeah, do, they were definitely okay. So they were uh, they're just not in the same place. Basically, yeah, they were fooling around long before. Yeah. This. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So Charles Vallow's relatives tried multiple times to reach out to JJ, but to no avail. They asked local authorities to do a welfare check on the boy in November. Vallow also had a 17-year-old daughter by the name of Ty Lee, who they told authorities, along with JJ were staying with family in Arizona. But by the time local authorities discovered that the couple had lied about the whereabouts of Lori's kids, the couple completely disappeared. But not completely because the couple was located in Hawaii at a resort vacationing with other children. Oh. 
A court in Idaho ordered Vallow to produce the children to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare in Rexburg within five days. Lori did not comply with the order. They completely denied any wrongdoing, saying through their attorney, Sean Bartholik, quote, Chad Daybell was a loving husband and has the support of his children in this matter. Lori Vallow, Daybell, is a devoted mother and resents assertions to the contrary. We look forward to addressing the allegations once they have moved beyond speculation and rumor. And this so. is where this case stood for a few months. Yeah. Uh, and the reason we're talking about it now is because it actually goes beyond speculation and rumor, unfortunately. But before we go into what, you know, what has happened actually within like the past month and a half or so, we need to look at another part of this fringe LDS ecosystem. The website, Another Voice of Warning or Avow, run by Christopher Perrett Sr., it's a place to discuss LDS doctrines. Here are a few popular threads to get a taste for the discussions on offer. Quote, The call-out is coming, replies from the Temple Dreamer. Tent cities, further light and knowledge. Making our calling and election sure. Why prepare when I can take it all from the Mormons? Now, Chad Daybell was, of course, a big user of the website, but once his wife Tammy died under totally normal circumstances, uh, Chad decided to stay away from the website, but he apparently kept in touch with Perrette, and Perrette made this post on his own, and uh, the volume of my voice is meant to indicate the size of the font used. Okay. Chad and Lori called me tonight and we spoke for almost a full hour. Finally, they were able to lay out the entire saga from their side of the story. From the beginning all the way to today. And I am here to tell you I feel totally vindicated in standing up for Chad. Sue, my wife, and I now fully understand what has been going on from day one and what their battle plan has been all along. What's been going on with the kids? What's been going on with two different sets of lawyers? What's been going on with the police, sheriff, FBI, the marriage, moving to Hawaii, Tammy's death, ect, ect, ect. I assume that's etc., but he spells it E-C-T, and he does it three times. <laughs> it took them 54 minutes just to walk us through the whole ordeal. Those of you who chose to think the worst of our friend and throw him under the bus and believed all of the lies that have been posted on social media and in the lamestream news will have some crow to eat after their story is released. And their story, in all of its detail, is coming soon! No surprise, the court of public opinion once again got it all wrong. The next step now is to patiently wait for the police department to release the findings of the autopsy. Once that is done, then you can expect me to begin to put out some of the long-awaited details everyone has been begging for. Wow. That was beauty. Beautiful. Unfortunately for Mr. Perrette, he probably should not have felt vindicated because on February 20th of this year, 2020, Lori Valla was arrested in Hawaii on a warrant for two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children. She was charged with resisting or obstructing officers, criminal solicitation to commit a crime, and contempt of court, willful disobedience of court processes or order. On June 9th, a search warrant was executed on Chad Daybell's home. There, they found human 
remains. Daybell was arrested. The next day, on June 10th, it was confirmed that they were the remains of J.J. Vallow and Ty Lee Ryan. Ugh, that's horrible. I do, have, I do want to say one thing, though. I really do hope they both get life in prison. Um, obviously, they did this. And honestly, and maybe a little selfishly, I kind of just want to see how that's going to work for Lori since she is immortal. So I just oh. want to see how that will pan out. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't even think about that. Man, that, that must be a drag. What do you do then, right? Life in prison. Jeez, forever. And so that is where the case stands right now. They're both in jail awaiting trial. That's all going to come up. There's probably going to be much more details coming out about this crime and specifically about this murder. I think they are relooking into the death of Lori Vallow's first husband. husband. I believe yeah. he's being yeah. exhumed, you know, definitely looking into the quote Tammy unquote too, probably. Yeah. Uh, Tammy Daybell. They're looking at. So there's a lot of uh, death and mayhem, which isn't so much, you know, our jurisdiction on this show. We're more mm-hmm. about the beliefs, but mm-hmm. we, you know, we want to, you know, we, we got to update people on, on this stuff. Yeah. And we don't want to, you know, end on that. You know, one, it's, it really fucking sucks. But also, again, we're more about the beliefs. And so we need to talk about Chad Daybell again, because along with just being a murderer, he's also an author, which we mentioned earlier in this episode. And you'll find plenty of his books on Amazon, which you shouldn't buy because, again, sadly, he's a murderer. <laughs> and this means that we have not had a chance to read his books. Again, we're not going to buy the books of a, of a murderer. We were looking for free versions. If you can somehow send us oh, yeah. a copy of these books, you know, we would love to see them for sure. But we, we've, we've been able to find a few tidbits online uh, to share with you all. One book that has gotten a lot of attention in, in these recent uh, in the recent coverage is his 2017 autobiography, Living on the Edge of Heaven, mm. um, because, you know, heaven is flat, apparently. Mm hmm. And uh, among other things, this autobiography, it recounts his multiple near-death experiences. His first happened in high school during a cliff diving accident, which occurred weeks after a ski accident and almost being hit in the head with a golf ball, which he (laughs) saw as like a warning. And in other words, this has got to be the most first world near-death experience ever recorded cliff diving, ski accident, golf. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Those are the three key components to this incident. And, and Brent, I think you, you've learned a little bit more about the details yeah, of this I'm incident. Gonna, yeah, I'm just going to quote this section from the book here um, exactly word for word because it just needs to be done. Daybell recounts what happened after his head hit the water. Quote, When I finally hit the water, it felt like I had slammed into concrete. A shock went through my entire body and I saw a white flash of light. I felt an audible pop at the base of my skull and I thought, oh now, I broke my neck. I also wondered if I had cut my forehead open because there was a brief searing pain above my eyes. I quickly realized something even worse was happening. My spirit was partly out of my body. The best way to describe it is my physical body went deeper into the water than my spirit did. This caused my spirit to pop out through my head but then it felt like my spirit's knees got stuck in my skull and didn't make it all the way out. During those few moments, I could see on the other side of the veil, I saw an endless white plain in all directions. There seemed to be a distant horizon hundreds of miles in the distance. I also heard a deep, rich melody that sounded like a synthesizer. 
There was a soothing warmth around me, and I also felt tangible energy particles of knowledge rushing towards me from all directions. I just soaked it all in. So a, clearly a powerful, oh, a powerful experience Chad Daybell had. But for all of our listeners, our podcast mm. also dispenses tangible energy particles of knowledge. Yeah. So you don't even need a near-death experience. You're getting it right now. Yeah, you can do it safely this way. So also I have to wonder, I was thinking while I was reading this, so if his spirit knees were stuck in his skull, we would have to assume, right, that his spirit feet were stuck by his physical private parts then, right? That's like where would, if we're doing the, how tall the spirit body is compared to the body. Yeah, I, I feel, I mean, I don't know if. Yeah, I don't know. Around there. Yeah. A little bit above, I would think. The other thing I was confused about is why the knees, assuming my spirit is the same basic shape as my physical body. Yeah. I would assume it would be around the midsection. My oh, gut would right. get stuck. Yeah. Like in a cartoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like once I get the gut through, uh, my knees would be perfectly fine. Maybe so your physical, curious. maybe your spirit body is way better shape you know, oh, as someone's okay. physical body. And then you're just a real slim fit with it, like, you know, tight, tight spiritual abs. Oh, you get okay. sl slip right out, that, but you just have giant knees. That makes know. sense. So maybe, so. yeah, my, my spirit <laughs> never skips leg day. And so the legs are, and the knees are, are real thick. Okay. That actually makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That really clears it up. Luckily, Chad was able to realign himself saying, quote, within seconds though, my body started to float towards the surface. My spirit quickly reversed course through my head and got sucked back into place. I instantly felt chilled and somewhat paralyzed. When his friends pulled him out, he said to them, quote, something snapped when I hit the surface. I'm done for the day. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. I would say the same. I think we're good, guys. Uh, back to the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Now I think I, I honestly, I have to say, I, th I think I finally understand those opponents to Christian yoga we discussed in that, in that episode we did about it. So I'm pretty sure you do enough Christian yoga and your spirit body is going to come out of the top of your head if you're not careful. It's just. Yeah, because it's way more it's a, flexible. It's thing that it's could way happen. more flexible and it could just, you know, escape right out there. Right. You're, you're basically, you're turning, when you do Christian yoga, you're turning your spirit into like a cat. Where a yeah. cat can just like squeeze into any, <laughs> any hole it needs to. That's right. And so, yeah. And then be Chad Daybell would have just sunk like a damn stone and his spirit would have, you know, <laughs> went off to wherever. Chad said after this incident, his quote, entire body was sore for a week. And he said, and it's, it's funny. I didn't think about body. this before. This is evidence of your theory. Yeah. That the spirit body is a much more fit. Yeah. Cause it wasn't sore. He said he felt, quote, off kilter, like my body and spirit were disjointed. Sometimes my right eye would just go blind. But if I hit the side of my head with my palm, I could see again. Treating your, your vision the same way you would treat an old TV. <laughs> I like that approach to one's personal health. He was spiritually changed, though. That's for sure. He said this when he devoured every, quote, church-related book he could find. But... I bet he didn't devour a 700-page set of a contest or anti-set of a contest book, though. So That's a weird. I don't know why you would bring weird, that up. Yeah, why did I bring that up? Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Chad continues sharing his theory as to what actually happened to him when he had his near-death experience as a teenager. Quote, in retrospect, I believe when I hit the water and my spirit exited my body, my personal veil was torn open near my forehead and never sealed back up properly. That's why I felt physically out of sync. Chad believes that, quote, they were attempts to fulfill my mission in life. 
I needed a good shot to the head to tear my veil a little, and the angels finally orchestrated it. I again, I'm sorry, I still can't get over how unfair it is that this guy gets multiple angels watching over him. Chad was just going through life with this dangling spirit veil on his forehead. It's just embarrassing. Yeah. Cover that up with a hat or something. So that that's just one near death experience. That's pretty impressive. But Chad Daybell has had multiple. Yes. His second near death experience occurred after he became a father in the 1990s. Once again, though, water was the culprit, Mm. this time in the form of a 15 foot wave that crashed into him while he clung to near life on some rocks. Quote, then my surroundings changed and I found myself in the proverbial tunnel of light. It wasn't a bright white light, but more like a yellow heat lamp. It felt like I was wrapped in a warm blanket or a cocoon and I felt extremely happy. But Daybell wasn't just near dying to relax. (laughs) Because his grandfather was there to give him a mission to fulfill, which Chad accepted. Unfortunately, though, US, the USA Today article doesn't say what that mission is. And I don't think we'll ever know. Do your damn job, USA Today. By the early 2000s, Daybell was working for an LDS book publisher. Three years later, though, he left the company to start his own, featuring his books on, quote, the decline and downfall of the United States and a, quote, upcoming foreign invasion of America. Unfortunately, this wasn't the best time to be operating a small business as the Great Recession forced Daybell to halt operations, which didn't sit well with Tammy Daybell, his wife at the time, and it began to take a toll on the marriage. Mm. And this is totally understandable. You know, the Great Recession, economic circumstances can always be hard to reckon with in a marriage that can definitely negatively affect the marriage. But Daybell actually, he didn't think the economics were really the most important element. He thought something far more despicable came out of all this. Tammy began playing a Farmville spinoff game called <laughs> Frontierville for hours oh my God. at a time. Horrible. This was apparently such a problem that Daybell received a vision from Tammy's grandmother who told Daybell to quote, have Tammy quit her D hyphen, hyphen, hyphen computer game cold Turkey. <laughs> I think, I think Daybell is taking LSD. So maybe LDS LSD, if you will. Also be sure to let us know uh, if you would like me to, I don't know if this is even possible. I will live stream myself playing Frontierville. On Twitch, if uh, people want to see that for some maybe, reason, I was very. <laughs> maybe Chad was just like a huge fan of Farmville, but it, the problem was that it was the ripoff. Oh, and that was the, the real problem. A bit of a brand, <laughs> bit of a brand, uh, brand conflict war. there. Yeah, that's like a Pepsi versus Coke <laughs> household. It's always, always dangerous. But we're going to end today on the book that is perhaps the most surprising part of Daybell's oeuvre. And it's his 2006 book, The LDS Top 5 Charts, which is described on Amazon thusly. Is a celebrity or athlete that you admire on an LDS Top 5 chart? Inside, you will find that some of the world's best-known people are actually LDS. This book's main purpose is to recognize the great accomplishments of some very talented members of the LDS Church. The author has compiled dozens of charts, and each listing includes an entertaining paragraph of how the ranking was determined. Each chart is filled with fun, interesting tidbits and written with a dash of humor. So dive in. You'll be sure to say, I didn't know that on nearly every page. (laughs) 
I have to say, I personally am very interested mm. to learn just how these rankings were determined because that's something he he divulges his methodology <laughs> in the book. <laughs> and it should offer an important clue to the psychology of a murderer, yes. I would think. You can really see, you can see the workings of this mind in ranking LDS celebrities. Sadly, though, this book was not a raging success. It only has one star on Amazon with two reviews. The first is titled simply, No, and says, Where are your missing stepkids? The second review hits on the same theme. Well, here's my review. You'll be sure to say, I don't care about that on nearly every page. Yeah, I think so that's, that's a much more accurate description. I was actually and writing with, it right there. Yep. And with Chad Daybell's book, The LDS Top 5 Charts, we are done with our episode on preparing a people and Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. So, Brent, what did you learn in today's episode? What most stuck out to you? It's going to be something that you wouldn't expect, but the thing that stuck out... The most to me, which is something I really want to do some sort of spinoff uh, thing with just just thinking about a flat heaven. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, I think I'm going to be a proponent of flat heaven as well. I think that's I didn't know there was an edge to heaven is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because I mean, I, I knew um, that yeah. New Jerusalem was a cube, mm -hmm. uh, so I knew it had flat sides. And I mean, maybe that's how he could spin it. But I, I, I much prefer a flat heaven. Yeah. I also want to know too, his books. So a lot of his books are, I'm looking at them now on Amazon. There, there's a lot of series that I don't know if they will be completed. We're looking at times of turmoil, book two and four. And, you know, are these going to get completed in prison? I think, I, uh, imagine I don't you know. have a lot of time to yeah. do it in prison. But yeah, I don't, um, other than that, it's just, it's the, the fact that the guy's an author is pretty unique and pretty interesting. Um, I think that's what makes it really um, a fun thing to cover. But yeah. it's a horrible thing. I mean, with the murder, I, watching him speak, it's always creepy watching people speak when you're like, that, that guy has the ability to kill his kids, probably. Like, wow, that's fucked yeah. up. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I don't know, Dylan, what did you, you pull from this? So I think the main thing about this, what most fascinated me is something I definitely want to return to is kind of the fringe LDS ecosystem. Yeah. Because um, I'm, I'm more familiar with like the FLDS you know, like the, uh, the Warren Jeff, you know, side of things. Right. Um, it's interesting to see another dimension of kind of weirdo LDS belief besides the fundamentalist polygamist variety. And so definitely something I want to dive more into, into the future. So with that, this has been our episode on preparing a people and Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. And we are done. for listening to this episode of None Dare Call It Ordinary. If you would also like to hear our weekly bonus episodes, just become a $5 a month patron over at patreon.com slash none dare call it ordinary. That is also where you'll find any blog posts, pictures, and news updates to go along with our regular series. And you don't even have to be a patron to get access to all that fun stuff. You can also reach us by email at none dare call it ordinary at gmail.com. Lastly, we ask for you to please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcasts are served.